Hello addicts, non-addicts, and supporters. Welcome to the Diary of a Young Addict podcast. I'm your host, Mare, and I'm a 22-year-old recovering addict with over four years clean from drugs and alcohol. This podcast is all about recovery from addiction and what that looks like as a young person. Hello, guys. So today I have my friend Daisy with me. Hey, guys. And I had a little different idea of what we're going to do today. I have been planning an episode of what like my addiction did to other people, like how my addiction affected others. And I reached out to Daisy because she has some experience with how an addict affected her and her herself not being an addict. So I thought that would be a cool perspective to share with you guys today. Okay, so Daisy, so I just want to start out with asking and you just giving an idea of who this person is to you. Okay, so he was my ex and we were on and off, I guess you could say for like almost five years. And he was basically the partner that I wanted to um, make a life with, but he got back into addiction and I couldn't help him throughout that time, obviously. Um, So we just ended up breaking up. So was he clean when y'all met or like just lighter into it or what? So whenever I met him, I was very young and I had never been around any drug addicts or any types of drugs. Um, He was clean at the time and he stayed clean for a year um, before he relapsed and got back on it. Do you know if he worked like a 12-step program or anything like that? Um, As far as I know, he didn't. He just moved away um, and that's how I met him here um, in this state. He did get a lot of help from his family, and that's how I know he stayed clean for a while. So, like, his family sent him away to rehab and paid for it? No, um, his uncle was... No, sorry, his cousin was actually, like, a recovered addict. And so he knew what it was like to be addicted, and he brought him here to this state so that he could help him get clean without having to go to a facility and he could be with his family and people that loved him and that's what helped him well that's good that like he had i feel like a lot of people don't have someone who is in recovery in their life Mm -hmm. i feel like that's not exactly something that's super common to come across so i mean that's a that's a good thing yeah So one of my questions is, like, what are some things he did to, like, not necessarily, like, him being the person doing this to you, but, like, is there ways his addiction really hurt you? Uh, yes. At first, he, I I didn't know the signs of him being, you know, doing drugs or whatever, because I'd never been around it. But I started, like, noticing little things like him getting really angry um just kind of like aggression he never physically hurt me but it's just like he had just a very short temper towards things and i didn't know how to help him so it took me a long time just to realize that he needed help but by then it was kind of too late he was hooked on it again and you didn't even know what it was you're like why are you so mad at me (laughs) yeah like i literally didn't understand but it really affected me emotionally because like even though he didn't physically abuse me i feel like when I see that, it makes me really sad 
because I know that they can't change unless they want to change. Exactly. And then, and then you just feel like it's like almost like mental abuse, like not necessarily emotional. I don't really even know exactly, but, but you like feel like you're walking on eggshells and then you just don't like it. That's not a situation you want to be in. You just like feel uncomfortable around your partner. Yeah. But you know, you get to the point where you really care about this person and you can't just like walk away because you see everyone else walking away and just giving up on them. But you're like, you know, I I don't want to be that person. Mm. And and then in the same time it sounds horrible but it's like you're drowning like you can't help them and then you feel like you're suffocating but you don't want to just walk away from it you know and it's it's kind of it's bad because you you want to yeah you want to like help yourself and your mental health but like this you also feel like this person's relying on you yeah and and it's kind of hard because there was times you know where when it got really bad towards the end um i actually saw him coming down from the drugs and i had never seen that before ever and it literally broke my heart like I, I started crying because i didn't know what to do to help him and he was he was bad bad um and i would just sit there beside him and make sure that he had water that he had something to oh, eat and gosh. and it was really hard and i finally got to the point where i just couldn't be around it and i just had to walk away and it would bother me because you'd be like where are you going like are you okay and i'd be like i can't see this anymore you know like i can't be i just i gotta walk away for a minute and it's hard because you know you you love the person and you want to help them but you can't and it's i don't know it's, it's hard to explain unless you you've been through it was there a specific moment when you realized that when you went like a specific moment in time that you remember where you're just like this is where i know that like it's not in my power yeah the this one time like he he said hey i'm gonna go with some friends he had been clean for i think a week maybe and i was like okay you know i'm gonna be here just gonna relax hang out with some friends and he came back and he was messed up messed up and it was already like two in the morning and i was still awake you know i was waiting for him to come back home and you know i i told him i'm like what are you doing you're supposed to be clean and he was like you know I, I just can't do it like I, I gotta get back on it like it's just who I am it's part of my life and I told him I was like I thought you're gonna get clean for me and he's like he's like at one point he's like the love and everything was enough but it's it's not enough anymore like I gotta have what I need and so yeah, like that hurts. yeah like that really broke my heart and I was like man you know if he's telling me that I can't help him then I really can't help him so I just gotta walk away and you know I stayed there and I took care of him and I made sure that he was all right but from that day forward I was you know I just I guess I realized that there really isn't anything that I can do you just kind of had some acceptance yeah and I was just telling myself like do I really want this for the future like do I want Mm. my kids to see what I'm seeing like to feel what I feel and I can't imagine like your own kid feeling like that you know and like he was just a spouse but like it it was horrible it was a really horrible feeling so you mentioned that he was talking about like this is who I am like this is my identity and that's funny because today I kind of had an epiphany I was at an NA meeting and I was realizing the the meditation that just for today that we read in every meeting was about any lengths and like how when we when we were in our addiction we were going to any lengths to go get drugs and get high and all this stuff and how like why is it so hard when we're in recovery it's so hard to go to any lengths 
to stay clean and like I've heard it said that like if I went through half the trouble I did in my addiction to get clean I'd be I'd be set for life like if I just went if I gave half the effort that I did in my addiction I'd be good in my recovery and so like that was the meditation for today and in my meeting I like had this epiphany when I was talking and it was just that like it was so hard for me at 16 when I got clean to change who I was around and therefore just get clean in general because when you get clean and and you're like you are a full-on drug addict your identity is literally in that and so at 16 then and then this time around 18 like when I was trying to get clean like I mean I there were so many tears in dropping my friends who I had been best friends with for years and all this stuff like I was changing everything about who I thought I was like I thought I was known as the popular kid and you know like be doing drugs and stuff along those lines like I thought came with that and I felt like I was losing everything if I was giving this up and thank god I did what was necessary and I dropped those people and all of that stuff because I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through the lengths that I did. See, you know, and that's what's crazy because one time we were having that conversation when he was getting clean again and I told him, I'm like, you know, you need to change your friends. You need to like, let it go, leave it in the past. You need to come back home because he was living in his state again and he was just surrounded by it everywhere and I'm like you know you need to learn to just let that go and it was basically what you were telling saying right now um that you know that was his friends all his people that was who he's known life yeah and that was basically like he didn't know how to live outside of that and I'm like you know you got to start over you got to let it go and it's crazy like how you you see that and like I made friends with a lot of his friends and I try to help them too you know and I think it's I, like they that was what they wanted to be because that's right. all they knew you know I think one of the biggest things is when you're in your, like it like if, you, if I was in this position and I was trying to get clean around all these people who are using I'd be, I'd be like well look at them all having a great time you know yeah. like thinking of it like that like not thinking of addiction as like the negative parts of it when you're looking at it from that perspective it's like look at everyone having fun and like tripping and all this shit and and here I am miserable yeah just wishing see, I could do that yeah that's exactly what he would say and I'm like but what's fun about coming down from all that like exactly. you know and I asked him one time I'm like do you not think this hurts me do you not think mm. this hurts your family the people that are clean and watching you go through this and who actually love you yeah and, so and I'm like they're the ones that are here whenever you're not you know doped up or whatever yeah, it is yeah, that you're yeah. doing and he just got quiet he just didn't know what to say he's like well i never thought about that and i'm like well that's something you should think about because <laughs> these people are the ones that are watching the people you. who are actually there for you yeah. like at the end of the night yeah and it's it's crazy i don't i don't know like i've i haven't ever like done any of that but it's just like it just makes me think you know like what would happen you know if you thought about it like that put your shoes like in their position oh yeah oh yeah i think about all, that all the time I feel like I say this all the time, and I don't know if I say this all the time on my podcast or what, because my uh, memory is screwed up, but, like, when I look back at the people that I hung out with in my addiction and I was using with, they never checked on me when I got clean. They still have never reached out. Not and once? That, well, I don't know. Really? Most of them, it's been me reaching out every single time just to check out how they're doing and stuff, and it's just like, 
that's very telling. That's very telling that like the people I was giving my energy to and and that were using me and I was using them like it wasn't and and I thought like I would and I would like do terrible things for these people like these people were not my friends like I thought they were some of my best friends because we get high and have great times together whatever but the fact of the matter is like they weren't there when it was really me yeah like when the drugs were off and it was actually me like the real authentic Meredith it's they like weren't they didn't there. Care. It's like they didn't care. Yeah, you know they didn't I mean? love the actual me. They just liked the high me. They just liked the fucked up me. Yeah. And like I know that today, all of my friends that are in recovery and like, because I only I only surround myself with people that are in recovery or people that don't use. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's very few people in my life that do drink, and they're just some people I can't necessarily cut out completely. But you know, like with those people, I know that like I've never felt more loved, and I've and and especially people in recovery, it's like, I feel loved and accepted right where I'm at and they want to help me and they ask for nothing in return. And it's literally just such a magical feeling. See, and that's like the best treasure, like better than money type of thing. When you have people that really love you and that you know that's going to be there for you regardless of anything, um, those are the type of people that you really want in your life. And honestly like i'm not gonna sit here and lie like i surrounded myself with his friends and everything to the point where i was neglecting my friends just to i guess please please him him. yeah Yeah, please him and and you know make him happy because that's who he was used to being around and that's who he wanted to be around but then finally like when i took a step back i realized that not only was he hurting me by me being able to see all of that stuff that was going on but i was hurting my friends because they wanted me to get away from that and they wanted to help me but i you know i just stayed there like you know like he stayed on the drugs and it was like a circle it's hard to realize that at that moment like when you look back you're like why the hell did i do that but in the moment you don't think of it like that you're like you see you see them for the potential i think that's what it is it's like because i went through that with someone who i wouldn't say he was an addict or anything like that but like kind of like that same kind of like mental abuse where I was walking on eggshells like that same thing like I was looking at for the potential of what it could be like if he didn't do this and this like this could go so you know like I don't know how to explain it like the way we mesh is really great but not all the time yeah and see like that's what I'm saying like it's it's hard to explain unless you've been there and or at least been around it but it's like I had all these good friends that cared about me that really loved me and yet I was surrounded myself with people that didn't care and i wasn't even part of their group or whatever but it's still like i felt like i neglected a lot of my friends and knowing that they loved me okay so i don't know if you said this or not yet but like did those friends give you an ultimatum were they like if you if you're not like you need to break up with him or i can't be your friend anymore or anything like that no i was actually very fortunate to have very good friends that i've known since i was really young Mm -hmm. and they always had my back they always gave me advice they always told me hey you know he's not someone you really want to be with like that's not someone you want to start a family with and you know I always made excuses I always said hey you know like he's gonna get he's gonna quit one day or he's this or he's that or he you know and it got to the point where I just made the excuse oh well he's not physically abusive you know like you know and and that's when you know it's bad because like you're like what's the word for it 
Yeah, and you're, I, you're settling almost. Yeah, basically. Because that's that's a bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, I really hope someone <laughs> don't physically abuse you. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. And and now when I look back at it, I'm like, God, that's bad. Like, <laughs> it got really bad. But but you really loved him. Yeah, I really did. But you know, TMI. But he was like my first everything. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. So it was it was one of those like I really wanted to make it work. Right. But I mean, they stuck by my side they're still my friends you know my best friend at that time she's still my best friend and Mm. you know she's always there for me if I need to talk to her about anything you know she'll reach out if I don't message her for whatever reason maybe I get busy for two or three days she'll message me and be like hey are you okay like do you need to talk about anything you know she's I was very fortunate that I have like a best friend that I can always count on God. yeah no for real my best friend doesn't because she doesn't live here mm-hmm. yeah yeah my best friend uh lives in seattle if you're listening to this hey maggie love you to death <laughs> and uh she's there like 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 even this if, if y'all listen to the last episode the healing episode like i've been going through some shit for like three fucking three four months four months of this shit just like eating at me and just like trying to heal through this breakup and it was like a friend breakup and a boyfriend breakup and like nearly every single day was eating at me and Megan would listen to me over and over and over saying the same shit and would just be so patient with me and like man what, what would we do without friendship literally like we are on this earth to create connections and I think some people even I mistaken it just for like love sometimes like like romantic love but you know like we're here to make connections with just other human beings in general yeah and see like my friend is a little bit farther away i think she was in texas maybe and then she went to cancun mexico and then from there she's right now in beijing china so i mean she's very far away but like you know just a god yeah like God, like that's that's what's awesome about having good friends. Cause I mean, I can message her even though there's a time difference. Mm-hmm. You know, she will message me back, make sure that I'm okay. Listen to me, repeat myself yeah, a million yeah, yeah, times, yeah, yeah. and she's still like is very positive and she's always there for me. So if you're listening to this, Roseanne, I love you and I miss you. Okay, so you, we we talked about the moment you walked away. One of my biggest questions. So this was how old were you when this happened? Like when I walked away, when I first met him, I don't the range of it. Okay, so I was 21 when I first met him, and I stopped associating with him when I was 25, almost 26, maybe. I mean, because he still messaged me and called me just to make sure that I'm doing okay. There's no bad blood, you know. I I don't hate him or anything, you know. He made his life choices, and I respect that. And he respects and me he has for a disease. yeah. He respects me for you know wanting to do better for myself. So you know he'll still like message me and call me every once in a while, and you know I'll pick up. But yeah, like always wishing the best. So how old are you now? Twenty nine. Okay, so so this happened like five fish years ago, four four years ago. Yeah, give or take. So my biggest question is like how does this do you still think about it i mean i'm sure you do but like how does it (laughs) okay i'm so sorry all my dog is like making noises and yawning in the background but anyways daisy i was asking like how does this affect you today even like four or five years later like 
I don't know. Tell me about it. Um, trust. I lack a lot of trust. I'm mm. not gonna lie. Um, yeah. it makes it a little bit harder to want to be with someone just because how much it affects you. I don't know if this makes sense, but like after you see that, like especially when they're coming down from the drugs, um, it's just you can't you can't take that out of your mind you like know the withdrawals yeah the yeah. withdrawals and how bad it can get and i'm pretty sure every drug is different with their withdrawals but i mean he was on some pretty heavy stuff so i got to see like the really bad side of it and still to this day like that kind of i don't know i have this fear of going into a relationship and it being something like that and then having to live through that again and what if i can't walk away like i did the first time you know mm. and then being stuck in that for a few years or god forbid more than that my whole life you know and it's i guess it's a dumb fear but it's no, something no, that never. that i just don't want your experience. feelings are valid yeah it's no matter what I'm, I'm scared of the fucking dark <laughs> that's a stupid fear isn't it yeah i just don't ever want to feel I like am that though. again that's the truth <laughs> i really am serious? scared of the dark i swear <laughs> I'll buy you a nightlight. <laughs> I have to keep my bathroom light on at night. I swear. I'm such I'm 22 years old, it's getting dark. That's such a valid fear though. Like you went through something that caused you pain and you don't want to go through it again. Yeah. Because you never know if someone you do care like not even romantically, but like what if a friend of yours or like I don't know, anyone, like someone you cared about went through that again. God, I have that fear. Like this is it's even worse like just to think that maybe like someone that i am related to like a, mm. a sibling or a cousin or something like that that they would get into that and just to think that they could be going through that stuff like it just really like i don't know it really affects me it makes me really sad just to even know that they might have to go through that and especially if it's a friend like i don't know i i, I think i couldn't turn my back on anyone no matter like how bad it is just because I, I know how bad it can get and how depressing the person can get when they feel alone mm -hmm. and I, through all of this i think it's really admirable how i think you you like the perspective you have is different than majority of other people's who mm -hmm. don't know someone in addiction or anything like that like i think a lot of people look at it as a a choice or like a uh, a moral dilemma like that they're like do i want to fuck up every single person in my life yeah and it's not looked at like that it's just like the urge for drugs is just that much stronger and the and the in maintaining your identity which like i learned today like that that's just so strong and it's not that you don't love the people but you're just hoping that like i guess like for me i guess like i was just hoping that the, the consequences would stop and that yeah. I can use in peace. <laughs> but the fact of the matter, like, is this is a disease. Addiction literally is a disease. I got in a Facebook fight with my, literally, literally with my brother the other day um, about, he was saying like, addiction isn't a disease, it's just a choice, blah, blah. And I'm like, sending him government documents that say addiction is a disease. And I just didn't know how to explain it. But luckily I spoke at a, a meeting or something. I, I think, it's recorded on here and I talked about it. I think it's like episode 11 where I spoke at Arvana. I mentioned it, but let me just recap because I read this online and kind of made this connection myself. But like with addiction being a disease, I, I say, think about diabetes. 
diabetes, you need to take insulin, right? You need to take insulin every day. Like you, you, you feel better, but the fact of the matter is like, it's only because you're taking the insulin. If you stop taking the insulin and you stop doing what you need to do for your treatment plan, like you are going to go right back to where you were at the beginning. Like, so the same thing is with addiction. Like I am never recovered. I'm always recovering. Like that's why I never say I'm a recovered addict because the fact of the matter is addiction lives with me for my whole life. And that's why I'm always recovering is because if I don't do something for my recovery, personally, it's like every day. Like if I don't even like think about recovery for one day, I'm going on the downhill, but not necessarily saying I'm going to relapse in a day or something like that. But like, if I'm not like keeping in contact with my higher power, calling my sponsor, working my steps, going to meetings, like just talking to people in recovery, being surrounded by people in recovery, like I am going the opposite way. It's either going uphill or it's going downhill. And so like I do something for my recovery every day so I can stay on the uphill. And so like that, the stuff I'm doing for my recovery is my insulin and addiction is diabetes. Like it is a disease. And, and, and with my minor being in substance use disorders, I've seen that like, if you look at an addict's brain, not even like while they're high, just a normal mm -hmm. addict's brain and a normal person's brain, they just don't look the same. No. Like they're not the same. Like, and if you look up the, the definition of a disease, like it's something that totally makes sense with addiction. Yeah. Like very much so. And I, I just think, wish more people understood that. I think a lot of people that haven't seen it or been around it or whatever, you know, I don't think that they understand that. Like, I didn't really understand in the beginning either until I talked to one of his friends, which, like I said, you know, we were all mm -hmm. acquaintance or whatever. Yeah. And I asked him, why can't you just quit? Like, why don't you just stop? <laughs> and right? he, yeah, like. The famous question. Yeah. And he just looked at me like like weird and he's like well you're not gonna understand because you you don't do it mm. and so I, I told him i'm like look i'm very open-minded like i, I want to understand like just sit here and like talk to me and like let me know like what you're thinking and so he told me he's like well it's like whenever you walk into walmart and like say you haven't ate anything at all and you can smell the deli and it smells good he's like well you really want it right and I'm like, yeah. And he was like, well, that's the same thing as addiction. You know, you, it's kind of like this craving that you have and you can't just let it go. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I kind of get that, you know? And he went to more details on explaining it, but it made me understand that, you know, it's not something that you can 100% just turn off. Like he even told me, he's like, every day I fight it. Every day I gotta tell myself, you know, I don't need it. I don't have to have it. He's like, but the temptation is always there and I always got to work on it. Yeah. And he was so, in recovery? Yeah, he had quit for like a month or so. Say, it's still like that. It is still like that. Yeah, and he told me every day he wakes up and like I said, he was on some hard, hard stuff. And he told me, he's like, every day I wake up and I got to tell myself, hey, I don't need it. I don't want it. This is what I got to do. This is what I'm going to do today. And he's like, I, I fight it every day. Unfortunately, um, he got back on it. I think he was clean maybe three months. And then he got back on it. And I think he's in jail because he got arrested for possession. Ugh. But I mean, you know, during that time, I was very proud of him for like stopping yeah. it. And and then you like when people relapse, it's just reality setting. And like you may learn all these things and stuff and and become a better person all that but it just shows like how strong the urge really is yeah. and that like we really do live with this forever what you're saying though it made me think of like a 
another like scenario and was like uh he was like you don't get it like that like well when this is like your life and this is your lifestyle i started thinking the adhd like you're sitting here talking and i'm thinking about the scenario in my head i'm just like <laughs> well what if there, there's like an olympic athlete and they break their foot everything is shattered like yeah. everything in their life shatters because like that's what they've put their whole life into mm -hmm. and i think that's what it's like when like you get clean i'm not gonna say it feels like a broken foot but i mean like the whole reason people usually get clean is because they something big happens and they re usually something big happens and they realize like i can't keep doing what i'm doing yeah like they hit their bottom and that like that being like a broken bone like everything that you've worked like you've worked like this athlete has like trained since they were born for mm -hmm. whatever sport it is or whatever and then it's like taken away in a blank yeah you know and it's really sad because i feel like there's some people that no matter how many times they technically hit rock bottom that they will never like stop um i worked dig. yeah rock i worked with a, a lady in the hospital her brother was an addict his whole life i think he started when he was like a really young teenager and he finally died of overdose and she was probably i want to say 60 something and so he was only like two years two or three years younger than than her and that was her baby brother and she was the one that never walked away she was always there for him and everything and it really tore her up like i could see it affecting her the same way it affected me and it's really sad because you know she it was her little brother and she didn't want to turn her back on him and then when he finally died it she was just not the same anymore like you could just see that happiness just just gone and it's really sad because people don't understand that you know that's someone's family that's someone's oh, yeah. you know brother you know or sister or cousin or whatever like that's someone someone out there loves that person and it's really sad yes. when they can't just like stop and then it takes their life away and along those lines like i'm sitting here realizing that like i like first like we had that there was one patient that i didn't even have and i heard her say that she had just lost mm -hmm. her niece to addiction and she had died because one of us like whoever was with her was just like how are you doing and she was it like it was me it was you <laughs> yeah yeah and she's like i'm not good and daisy's like uh it, what's going on or something and yeah. she's like my niece just died to addiction and i was like let me go talk to her so i just like swooped in and literally this lady i've never met like i was just like comforting her with whatever yeah. h higher power was having me to say to her and like i was just like i like she was sitting there crying in my arms i was sitting there crying in her arms like it hit different and then like i'm not this, gonna lie i had to walk away because i was gonna start crying too. <laughs> yeah and and this past year i did like this is i it's weird to say that i like forget about it but the fact of the matter is like me and her haven't like didn't talk for a really really long time but i have a cousin I had a cousin um, who, I, the, literally, like the last time I saw her in person was in her was at her wedding, like months. I mean, I mean months, years, 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 years ago. I mean, I want to say like ten to fifteen years ago. Wow. And um, that was the last time I saw her, and she moved somewhere where we never saw her. She never really reached out. Like I never really reached out. And one day though, she I guess she was she did have me on like Facebook or something, and she reached out and she told me that she was like in recovery at that point and like we talked and i was just like if you ever need anything like please reach out and i think she was talking about like making like recovery houses and stuff and it was just amazing 
and I find out from my brother, my half brother, that like in like over winter break, I was at his house just like talking to him, and she's and we're talking about family, and and he's like, oh you like you didn't hear about her, and I was like, no, what are you talking about? He's like, she died, and I was like, what are you oh, talking man. about? And um, like none of my family told me, and I hate that. Like my family's weird. My dad's side of the family, they're so weird. They don't talk about stuff that's that goes on. And it's like, that's my family. Yeah. And the fact that I talked to her, she had reached out to me maybe like two or three years ago. Yeah. And I and I was literally scared to tell my aunt because I wasn't supposed to know. Yeah. And like, I didn't even get to go to her funeral. I didn't get to Nothing. anything. And yeah. so like, I'll, this is just like along the lines of how addiction affects other people. Talk about addiction affecting other addicts too. Yeah. You know, like I... I wish she would have reached out like I wish I could have said something like I had the experience and I couldn't even help her because I didn't even know that she was struggling I didn't even know she was back on the path and I honestly don't even know if it was because of addiction but I assume it was all I know is that like she hung herself in her house and like like her kid she had two kids I don't think her and her her um her husband I think they've been divorced for a while like I don't even know about that like so out of the picture and now like she has two kids no one knows like yeah. i don't think the husband's i think that's really sad because i mean like like you said it affects you as well it doesn't matter it's like a chain you know mm -hmm. and it affects everyone and it's so sad that you know those kids don't have their mom anymore exactly and you know she probably got to the point where she just felt so alone yeah. and depressed that she just that was her only way out you know and she probably didn't want her kids to see her that way either like i said like when you see that stuff it's it changes your perspective on a lot of things because i was very ignorant when i was younger and i always had that mentality of you can just quit it, you can just let it go like it's because you don't want to you know and having to see that like just really changes your perspective on everything especially when it's someone you love um because you can just drive by and just see someone you know messed up in the street and you don't care because you're like oh they're just an addict but when it's someone that you care about or family like that really changes your mind on it you're like wow oh, yeah. like that's that's messed up or or it's you know if they pass away you're like you know you just sit there and think like what could i have done to help them like and and when i was talking to that one patient like i was just talking about she she fucking knew she was like addiction is a disease like i know it's not her fault yeah and i was like damn like for you to go through all that and just like be so i mean of course she was sad but just like also like but she knew like she wasn't blaming it on her yeah. like she knew and i was just like that is so like i wish more people like I wish understood more people, yeah because like we're not asked you know we're not a lot of people in their addiction are like miserable with themselves they don't want to live the way they're living either you know that's why a lot of people like overdose like people do it on purpose like they don't they don't want to live with the choices they're making anymore i don't think people people understand that like they're so miserable with the way they've been hurting mm -hmm. people that like it, i call it the cycle and i'm sure i've talked about it in this podcast before like the cycle where you use and you feel shame and so you use again to cover up those feelings and then you feel shame because you use and it's just that whole freaking cycle and it's like you're making these decisions that are hurting people and you see the pain it's having in people's lives and you don't know how to deal with that so you use drugs to cover up that shame yeah and it gets to the point where you know you just you want out and there's no other way out except that way and, it, and it's really sad you know and i wish there was 
a way that more people could understand that, you know, yeah, you have to protect your sanity and yourself and everything else, but if you completely put people to shame and they're like, oh, it's your fault, you're doing this to yourself, you know, like you deserve it, you don't realize how that affects a person, you know, and what they're going through and what you know they're thinking they were like well yeah maybe i i don't deserve to live i don't deserve to be loved or or have someone to love me and that's really sad because i feel like we all you know we're all living our lives and we all go through things and we all deserve to have someone that loves us and cares for us and to know that you know we're not alone and and i like that's why i operate on like be kind to everyone because that mean patient that we deal with may may be going through something like 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 the loss like that one patient like maybe she shows it in different ways and she doesn't know how to deal with it so maybe a patient who's upset with us and like yelling at us is going through what that one patient was going through where she just lost her niece to addiction like i always believe that like you know i got some fucked up thoughts but i'm not gonna act on those thoughts like i can be kind even if i don't want to be and I can smile at people even if I don't want to. I can smile at people even if I'm scared to. I can smile at people even if I think it's going to be awkward. Because, like, it sounds cliche, but, like, you never know how much a smile could, like, literally change someone's day or change their life. Or just, like, asking someone how are you and letting them vent to you or whatever that looks like. And see, and it is hard. I'm not going to sit here and lie because sometimes I'm in a great mood and I'm, I'm trying to help somebody, you know. And then they come and they're mean and they're not nice to <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, God, like, I'm just here trying to help you, you know? You don't have to take it out on me. But it's like you said, um, you know, you never know what they're going through. You don't know if they can't. Some people just can't handle it, you know? And they just take it out, like, on aggression or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it goes it goes to say that, you know, we all just need to be more positive. We need to be more kind to everyone. And you never know if you could be their saving grace, you know, you could be like, Hey, thank you. I really appreciate you. And they could be like, wow, like someone actually cares, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So moral of the story is stay open-minded, um, and be kind. And basically just like this whole, the whole purpose of this episode was like just education. Like if you're an addict, Maybe just, like, a new perspective on how your active addiction affected people, you know? Like, just, I don't know. Yeah, just, like, you know, keep an open mind whether you do drugs or not. If you're doing them, just realize that it is hurting the people that that really love you. People out there actually care about you. They love you. They're here for you. You know, reach out. If you need a vent, just vent. Um... And just know that, you know, someone out there cares about you and they will miss you if, Mm -hmm. you know, you were to pick a different choice, you know, like she talked about before. But just always look for help. You know, there's always someone that's willing to help you and that will be there for you. So couldn't have said it better myself. And if you're not an addict, I'm sorry if you've ever been through anything like this. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that because no, I would never wish what I did to people upon my worst enemies. I really don't. But anyways, I thank you all for listening. I thank Daisy for being here and being so vulnerable and sharing her perspective and story with us. Well, thank you for letting me tell my side. Yes, (laughs) of course. Um, And thank you all for listening. Uh, Work on being the best version of yourselves today and have a great day.
If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please reach out to the SAMHSA National Helpline. There's help available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Please call 1-800-662-4357 and let's get you some help.